Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast powered by the game uh, Entertainment and Media. Uh, this is episode 53. It is April the 3rd. We're getting very, very close to playoff time and the refs are in pure playoff form. <laughs> but before we get to that, um, obviously, we like to poke fun at the Ottawa Senators because they haven't been very good. Um, but obviously, um, when something happens, like Eugene Melnick, their owner, he passed. And uh, when something happens like that, you kind of put all your jokes aside and, you know, you feel feel for the organization, the team, uh, his family, obviously. He's the reason that the Ottawa Senators remained in Ottawa, right? So, you know, there's... Uh, that whole he leaves community. A compl- yeah, that he, leaves whole a community. Com- he leaves a complicated legacy behind. But uh, like I said, the Ottawa Senators would not be in Ottawa if it was not for Eugene Melnick and... We need more Canadian hockey, not less. So um, props to him for that, even though there were some other things that maybe some fans didn't agree with. You you know, those things get put aside when when things like when people pass. Right. Like that's so condolences to the Ottawa Senators organization and their family. Not that they're listening to this, but, you know, you know, anyway. um, So, yeah, now that that is is kind of. uh, not out of the way, but that we we, we that. wanted to make sure we we mentioned that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so now we'll move on to your regular scheduled programming, which uh, is Leafs and Habs content. So uh, the Leafs are on a heater after losing to Montreal. They they kind of have just gone crazy since they beat um, they beat Florida, they beat Boston, um, and then last night it was obviously the Philadelphia game, which they did not play very well in. I forget who we played in between. I'm forgetting because we did have four games this week. I do know that it was. I know we we have Tampa and uh, Florida coming up again. It was the Jets. That how could I forget? How could I forget beating the Jets? Because there's no Fuck better the feeling Jets. than beating. Yeah, there's no better feeling than beating the Winnipeg Jets. But yeah, it was a good week in Leafland. Um, obviously, the loss to the Habs, which we can even agree that the 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 Leafs dominated the possession for most of that game. The, that was not a one-sided game because obviously the Habs won, but yeah. you know that was a Leaf-dominated game that was uh, ruined by a bad non-call trip on Austin Matthews in the final three minutes. But we talked about that last week, so we'll talk about this. The Leafs beat the Panthers, which obviously is huge. The Panthers are the best team in the Eastern Conference, most points, and to beat them going into the playoffs is a big thing, especially when two days later you follow it up by beating the Boston Bruins, who you may or may not end up playing in the first round of the playoffs. So make a statement against them. That was huge, especially with uh, Shelgren and Nett after Mrazek went out with an injury, which he will be done for the season with. I didn't know yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he pulled his groin. Not a good situation. Fuck. Uh, but for <laughs> Shelgren to go into a game in Boston and put up a win yeah, huge. in his life, the guy doesn't even have 10 starts in the National Hockey League. Does, huge, does right? he have 10 games, like, even, like, off the no. bench? Total, no. like, yeah. No. It's, yeah. So that was spectacular to see. Beating the Jets was just awesome because the Jets are a bunch of scumbags. The mm-hmm. whole team is just, a, they're a bunch of scumbags. Yeah, it's it's one of the few things we agree on on this show. Yeah. So beating the Jets was nice. And last night, I'm going to be honest with you, the Leafs really didn't start playing hockey until the third period. They, uh... They didn't look so good through through the first two, but two guys who did look really good. One man who's faced a lot of criticism, William Nylander, looked fantastic last night. He didn't put up the points that he's even been putting up, but he was just on the puck making the plays that we're used to seeing him make. And that's uh, that's something that we need moving into playoff time here. And the other big story out of last night's game was Jack Campbell played fantastic. Jack Campbell... That was his first start, right? He's back? First start back from injury since March the 8th, I believe. And, um, yeah, it was awesome to see him maybe not in Vesna form, but that's a guy that when he's playing like that, you can rely on and we need somebody to rely on. Um, yeah, um, in the Winnipeg game, there were a few missed calls. Um, so first Actually, let's let's go back to the Bruins game. So, oh yeah, because this Ilya is a Bruce, shit show. Yeah. So the Leafs are up. I believe it was either six two or six. I think it was six three in the in the third period. 
And Ilya Labushkin, questionable. Maybe mm. not the best hit. I, I, I would lean definitely towards it's a bad hit. Like Not the worst hit I've seen. Not even the worst I, hit from that game. No, but it definitely was a not a good hit. Okay, sure. But does that give Taylor Wright the hall? Taylor Hall the right. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Taylor Wright the hall. Taylor Hall the right to stand up while Ilya Labushkin's skating away and sucker punch him in the jaw. No, uh, no. But I, I understand. I think both things can be true. That the hit was bad, but the reaction was also really bad. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Watching the hit, and this could just be Leafs bias talking, when it happened, I said good hit. It's like right on the numbers, Dave. Like, no, it isn't. It's shoulder to shoulder into the boards, but... It was it was not a good hit. Okay. Like, like Moral I guess, of the story. I, I, yeah. Taylor Hall was not hurt. Ilya Labushkin was. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Taylor Hall receives a $5,000 fine. So I'm just, we're going to go to the NHL rule book right now. Yep. So NHL rule book, unsuspecting player gets punched in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the thing that it reminded me a lot of was uh, Todd Bertuzzi. Obviously not I as. Um, that. Yeah. So here we go. Match a match penalty. So a five five minute major and a game shall be assessed to any player uh, who has deliberately injured or attempted to injure an opponent. Yep. And a match penalty shall be assessed to any player who punches an unsuspecting player in the face. So that's five minutes and tossed out of the game. Yes. Is what that should be. A five-minute penalty major, right? So this doesn't... Yeah. this If we score five goals, still a five... Like, that's what yep. it should have been. Yep. He is assessed a two-minute roughing penalty, was not like, tossed from the game, and then received a $5,000 fine from the Department of Player Safety. Yeah, so I, I, like so in the game, the, the, the five-minute five game, I don't know why that doesn't get reviewed. It causes the injury. Labushkin leaves the game, doesn't come back. <laughs> I don't know how they're not reviewing that. Because they're allowed to. If a play causes injury, they're allowed to review it. Yes. Um, actually, I saw this in uh, it was a Canadians game a couple weeks ago. What they did, there was kind of a weird collision between Chris Weidman and I forget the player. They assessed the five on the on the play. They assessed five-minute major because then they're like, oh, like we can review it. Because the guy didn't get hurt, but it was like a it was a kind of weird looking play. So they assessed the five reviewed it and they're like oh no no it's just a two i don't know why they're not doing that here you call the five to give yourself the excuse you can look at it and then make the right call which still would have been a five well here's the thing right is Ilya labushkin not only missed that game the rest of that game he also missed the game against the jets and i do not believe he played last night against the flyers either yeah so now yeah now you're looking at a guy missing two and a half games from that and it's just oh well five thousand dollar fine max under the cba but Austin Matthews cross-check, which I don't believe he was even attempting to hit the guy in the head. I think he was attempting to hit him in the yes. shoulder and it rides up and hits him in the neck. Yeah, yeah. He gets suspended for two games for that, but a literal sucker punch in the jaw gets a 5K fine. And so so this was uh, my point when we were talking Matthews, uh, the incident when it first happened, was I still believe that was a fair suspension for the act, right? Like you cross-check a guy in the head, probably should be two games. But it's not a fair suspension when he's the only one getting that treatment when other guys are getting away with bullshit like this. Like, I yeah. think both of those statements can be true. That Matthew's suspension was fair, but it also wasn't fair because of the fucking, like, this shit. Because of press so, right? Like, yeah. it's not comparable to anybody else. So now let's move, now that we've connected it to the Austin Matthews cross-check, let's move on to the uh, Billy Hainola cross-check on Michael Bunting. Yeah. Like, not five minutes into the game against the Winnipeg Jets, where he gets cross-checked in the neck. It was it was almost the exact same play as the Matthews one, if we're being honest. Like, it, like almost identical. No supplemental discipline. Like? None. Not a penalty on the play. Not, no power play in the game. No, no, no fine. Not even a no fine. suspension. Nothing. The, nothing. Because even when, when Austin Matthews, uh, when he cross-checked uh, Darlene there, like, the Department of Player Safety said, like, we are looking at this incident. There's nothing from that. 
Like the Department of Player it, Safety did not give a fuck. And it's the exact same play. Well, I, it, I don't get it. I don't get it. And you know, call it I'm gonna call it what it is. It's a bias against the Toronto Maple Leafs, is, is what it is. And this is here is statistical information that is going to no, prove I know, that. I know, I know, I know. The top four goal scoring teams in the NHL over the past five seasons are the Florida Panthers. Colorado Avalanche, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Minnesota Wild. The Colorado Avalanche and the and the Florida Panthers are one two when it comes to penalties drawn. Yeah. The Minnesota Wild, who, like I said, are the fourth most goal scoring team over the past five seasons, are twelfth in penalties drawn, which isn't great. You would expect them to be higher, right? Yeah. If they're scoring that many goals, they have that much dynamic offense, you would expect that to be a higher rate. Toronto Maple Leafs are third in goals scored over the past five seasons, but are 27th in penalties drawn. And again, so I, I'm I'm not going to disagree with your stats there. I don't think it's a Leafs bias. I think oh, it's, it's a just, Leafs bias. It's I, an absolute I, I think that with this with the suspension stuff, anyways, I think that's just the Department of Player Safety being run by an idiot. You know, like obviously, I can't argue with those stats. I can't. That's yeah. It's you can't argue that. But in terms of like the suspensions and or the lack of suspensions and discipline, like I don't think that's a, a bias against the Leafs. I think that's just, you know, incompetent. Well, then why does Austin Matthews get suspended two games? Why does Jason Jason Spezza, Why does he get suspended? I don't. In the season? Well, okay. And again, both of those instances they should have been suspended. Like that's I don't have. Yeah, but they don't get suspended for any other team. I know. So I that's know. a bias against the Toronto Maple Leafs. But then, yeah. And then, like, so, high, was it really you know high it is, right? You know what it is, right? Every time every time a Leafs jersey, every time a, a file with a Leafs player comes across George Peros' desk, desk, he remembers lying face first on the ice when Colt Lorne knocked his bitch ass out. Okay. But, that's like, what, that's what George Peros remembers every time he sees a Toronto Maple Leaf uniform. I, okay. So, I get what you're saying, but he also played for the Habs. So, you'd think that when incidents involving the Habs come across his desk, he would, you know, side with the Habs, but he doesn't. That's that's kind of what I was saying, is that he's not... I don't think it's biased against one specific team. I think it's just you have someone who has serious brain injuries running your department of player safety. Like, what else are you going to expect other than bullshit? Like... Uh, it, it, you know, I've watched hockey for a long time. I, I've not seen the state of officiating as bad as it is right now. Like, it, it amazes me. I, every, every year we talk about it. We've been friends for, like, what, five years now? Six years? Like... Every time we're like, man, like it can't get much worse, and then it does. Like it just—it's been continually going down. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What they're what like what the games that these guys are watching is is. And the the thing is, is you know they talk, right? Like you know that they talk. They have these conversations with each other, and that's why it's teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, this high market, you know, this is high quality hockey market. They don't like that, and I don't know why. I don't understand it. I, I It doesn't make any sense, uh, you know. And it's frustrating as a fan to watch because, like, at least at least three games this year, I can tell you were absolutely given to the other team by a referee. That one against the Montreal Canadiens, the one where Ch- Chikrin held yeah. Matthews and, and in overtime and then went up and scored on a two-on-one to win it in overtime. Like, I just... That's that's six points. Yeah. That's huge. That is huge. When you're a team that's battling for for the like second and third place in your division, trying to stay out of a wild card spot, those six points are massive. Yeah, we're competing with Florida instead of Tampa and Boston for the top spot. If it's not for the referees. And what kills me is, uh, so they had the GM's meeting in Florida over the weekend, right? Last weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, when a GM brought up, you know, referees and your state of officiating, Gary Bettman started his statement by reminding the owners and GMs that if they spoke out about refs and that, that they would be fined. Like, that's not, that's a, that's a pretty big indication of what is going on in the league when you have to start your discussion with, hey guys, remember, if you roast them, we're going to fine you. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's just fucking a piss off, honestly. Want to hear something wild? 
Go for it. This blew my mind. Did you know that the officials are actually, the, the head official on the ice after every game is supposed to make themselves available to media to ask them questions? The media just never does it. Hey, if we need to fucking get fucking media credentials, I don't care how we have to do it. We need to get media credentials and we'll be the only two there fucking roasting refs after every game. We might only get one game out of it because then the NHL will fucking ban us. But like, I was wa- I was watching Overdrive and Jonas Siegel was a guest host. Yeah. And, and he says, yeah, he said, yes, they are supposed to after every game. One of the officials, the head official is supposed to make themselves available to ask questions. It just never happens. The media never requests it. Like, that's just so frustrating. I'm I'm literally, I'm thinking back, like, all the fucking goalie interference bullshit the Habs have dealt with in the last, like, four or five years. Like, I would love to fucking ask one of those refs, like, okay, like, why? Just why? What did you see? What yeah. did you see? Yeah. And it doesn't happen, and it should. And Absolutely. That, so the onus has to be on the media members in that case. You got it. Like, come on. After that Chikrin hold on Matthews and then he goes and scores the overtime winner, you gotta ask the ref the question, why would you not call that penalty? So here's the only thing I can think with that is that nobody wants to be the first one who does it because then there's probably some sort of... And obviously the NHL can't uh, like discipline these people, uh, like the media, but you gotta think there'll be some you know stigma attached to that person who starts doing that, you know what I mean? And yeah. whether whether they get their press, you know, their media availability, like, badges revoked for, for doing that. Because yeah. the, the NHL would come up with some bullshit excuse about how, you know, they did something you know wrong. Does, you know who, do you know who doesn't give a shit? Rick Westhead doesn't give a shit. I'd love to see Rick Westhead roasting referees, but the, unfortunately, he has a lot bigger fish to fry. Yes. And we appreciate him for that. Yes. <sighs> So um, can, can, we just, can we do Troy Terry and Jay Beagle while we're doing yeah, I was discipline? Just gonna say, let, while we're here. Yeah. Let's just. Okay. So first, let's let's start from the top here. First, Trevor Zegers scores another outrageous Michigan goal where he bends his stick around his own teammate, Sonny Milano, who has the wherewithal and, and presence on the ice to get out of the to way. understand that he actually has to get out of the way because his teammate is about to score an absolutely ridiculous goal. Again. Again. <laughs> Again. So that happens. It's a 5-0 hockey game. Uh, two minutes left, and there is a loose puck in the Coyotes' crease. It's a Coyotes versus Anaheim game, obviously. Yeah. Um, so Trevor Zegers takes, takes a whack a couple at the pokes. puck. Yeah. You know, but, you know, you watch the replay. The, the puck's loose. Like there's, you know, he gets cross-checked from behind by um, world-renowned idiot Jay Beagle. Um, following the cross-check, Troy Terry comes in, and you know, as one does, your teammate just got cross-checked. You you just grab the guy, right? Like you don't, you're not trying to fight him. You just grab him. It's like everything up to that point is fine. Uh, It was a bullshit cross-check, but yeah. Yeah, but like you know, it was not. It wasn't like crazy. You know what I mean? Like someone's poking around. Poker Trevor Zegers got right up, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Fine. So then Jay Beagle, who, this is a guy who would be playing in the ECHL if the Arizona Coyotes did not exist because he is not a good hockey player anymore. He was at one point, but he is fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who lost Trevor Zegers behind the net when he went to do the Michigan. Just Yeah. So you can see that right now, Jay Beagle, who is talentless, is looking at Trevor Zegers and is not very pleased with him. So he grabs Trevor Zegers' teammate, who is steps in to defend him, 32 goal scorer Troy Terry. Yeah. And before Troy Terry even has a chance to decide whether or not he wants to drop the gloves, starts drops his gloves and starts punching him repeatedly in the eye. Yeah. Troy Terry suffered a pretty gruesome injury. I don't know if you yeah. saw it. Oh, it's 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 ugly. Apparently, it's not too too bad actually in terms of the injury, but it looked real fucking ugly. It it's brutal, and and Jay Beagle proceeds to pound him while he's down. Just total goof move by yeah, Jay like Beagle. like Troy Terry doesn't even try to fight. That's the thing. Like it's no, just no. He was assaulted. as soon as as soon as uh, Jay Beagle starts swinging, like Troy Troy Terry is like covering up, like you know. Yeah, he he and, was assaulted. 
right? Yeah, basically. Like that, that's assault. That is that is what that is. Yeah. Uh, that is an unwilling combatant, right? Yeah. So, first of all, the Tyson Nash, ex-NHLer, also talentless, yeah. uh, is commending, oh, on, the, on the Arizona Coyotes broadcast, commending Jay Beagle, saying, if, and I quote, if you want to skill it up, you better pre- be prepared to be punched in the mouth. Chris, can you just, like, stop on this for a second? Yes, absolutely. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. 25 and a half years? What the fuck is that? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? He used his stick to put the puck in the net. Yeah. Like, skill just, it up. Like, just because you didn't have that skill doesn't mean that, like... And you never will, Tyson. You never yeah. will. Jay or Tyson, you're never going to be that talented. No, never. never. But like, like it's just so just ancient, that fucking thinking, you know what I mean? That, oh, like. Good for him. Good for Jay Beagle for sticking up for himself because he got fucking embarrassed. Maybe if you don't want to get embarrassed, learn how to play better defense. Yeah, like don't don't lose your guy. Don't lose your guy behind the net and let one of the most skilled players in the league fucking have the puck loose behind your net. He's going to do something with it. Like, yeah, I, you know, this is... that's not an invitation to punch one of his teammates in the eye. Yeah, that's and an... then like the other part of that is, um, you know, there's a code. I'm going to say it in quotations. There's a code for fighting in the league, right? For you know, yeah, yeah. I know Jay Beagle like... should not be going after Troy Terry. No, and I know like a guy like Ryan Reeves is big on that. Like, you know, if someone's going to start. If someone wants to engage you, like, fine. Like, you know, he said it when Pizzetta fought him at uh, Madison Square Gardens. He looked at the kid and was like, if you want to do this, like, we'll do this. Um, but you also know that, you know, if you start swinging at a guy and he's not fighting back, and he's and he's not a fighter. It's Troy Terry. He's not a fighter. No. He's a goal and he's not And he's not swinging back at you. Like, you got to stop. Yes. Like, that's, you know, that's part of yes. the code. Absolutely. Like, when, like when it, if 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 Cole Caulfield skated up to Ryan Reeves and tried to fight him, Ryan yeah, like, Reeves would not fight him. No. Like, no. Like like worst case scenario there is Ryan Reeves would turn around and maybe throw a punch, not knowing who it is. And then the moment you see it's not, you know, a Joel Edmondson, a Mike Pizzetta, a Josh Anderson, like a Ben Sherratt when he was like the moment you see it's like a Cole Caulfield, you go okay, like I'll just wrangle you to the ice because like you do don't that. want this you yeah. don't want this yeah. yes that's exactly what would happen there and, and like, like that's that's the code right well and even you want to talk about the code even last night wayne simmons beat the piss out of zach McEwen. yeah beat him up but as soon as one body part other than his skates touched the ice wayne was mid punch he was cocked and yep. he stopped yep because that's, that's the code yeah that's, that's cool <laughs> You know, it's just, and like for people to come out and defend that, it's just like, you're a fucking moron. You're oh a dinosaur. God. No, if, if if you're embarrassed by what Trevor Zegers did to you, then you better learn how to play better defense. Exactly. That's, that's, that's what it is. And like, if you're upset that, you know, players are playing with more skill and, you know, the game is getting more skilled, then like, that's a you problem. Because yeah. every, like you can look at any sport as, you know, just the progression, it has to get more skilled, right? That's just how life works, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> we don't get worse, we get better. Yeah. And, like, if that means, you know... And I, I did like Kevin BX's point, because um, they're uh, on the panel on Hockey Night Canada, they are talking about, like, oh, like, is it, like, the end of the enforcer? And he's like, no, it's not the end of the enforcer. You just need to get an enforcer who can also play hockey. I mean, the the modern prototype would be Tom Wilson, as much as we don't like him. But here's the thing. Tom Wilson can play hockey. Yep. Like, as much as he can beat the fuck out of a guy and be, you know, throw dirty hits and cheap shots, he can play hockey. He's like a 20, 25 goal scorer. Yeah. And like, if and that's if that's the way it's going to progress, then that's fine. Like, you know, but to to be upset that a guy is more skilled than you and fucking throw a little shit fit and beat the fuck out of a guy, a, a defenseless guy, I should say. Uh, because they are more skilled than you is just fucking horse shit. 
Oh, it's outrageous. It's crazy. And yeah, like you said, absolute dinosaur opinion from Tyson Nash and absolute anybody who defends that's just dinosaur. Just we don't need you around this league. Yeah, like like the game is better without you in that in that opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. So the Habs had a rough week. The Habs did have a rough week. We'll let uh, you uh, we'll let you explain to us why it was a rough week. So we'll start on Sunday. Uh, a three-two shootout loss to the Devils. Not it's just just a meh game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't think the Devils are doing anything. We're not doing anything. Uh, you know, picked up the pity point. Uh, but then, <laughs> you know, when you get a, on this road trip, you have the Panthers, the Hurricanes, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like that's not a fun road trip. I don't care who you are, whether you're the Leafs, the Habs, like. Not a good road trip. Yeah, those are three of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, <laughs> for sure. Well, I mean, like, in the league, you know. Um, so, 7-4 loss to the Panthers. Uh, started the week off on Tuesday. Um, and actually, the one thing I will say about this road trip. So, it was uh, the loss to the Devils in the shootout. A loss to the Panthers and the Hurricanes and the shootout win against Tampa. Uh, the Habs have, you know, shown some fight. And, like, that's the one. Like, there's a way to win a game. and There's a way to lose a game. Like, we're losing games the right way. We're not losing because of, like... We're not losing because of, like, poor effort and, like, you know, giving up on games and just being shit. We're losing games because we're playing better teams. And that's that's going to happen. You know, especially after the trade deadline where we, you know, lost some players and haven't been able to bring in the quality to replace them. We're bringing in some young guys. Uh, actually, Justin Barron and Jordan Harris both made their NHL debuts this week. Um... You know, like the, the, we're losing games the right way. Like uh, the game against the Florida Panthers, we were down four nothing at one point uh, in the space of a minute and like forty six seconds, tied the game at four, and then you know late in the game, give up a couple or give up one and then a couple empty netters. It's like you know that's you know that's an okay way to lose a game to one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Florida's really fucking good. They are. Um, the did hurricane, you see what they did yesterday? Uh, no. Dude, they were down 6-2 in the third period and won 7-6 in overtime to the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's a really fucking good hockey team. So I, I was golfing with my dad in the garage, and I, like, the thing came up, like, 6-2 Devils. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, jeez. And I literally showed it to my dad. I was like, if this was the Leafs, Toronto media would be going insane <laughs> right now. And then I come inside, and it's 6-4, and I'm like, they're going to come back. And then it's six six and it's going into overtime and I'm literally like You can't be serious right now. And then they score and win it. Gustav Vorsling in overtime. Who? What? No. Anyway, continue with the Habs. I just <laughs> No no I, no and that's a great point uh, about the Panthers, especially going to the playoffs. Like they their defense might not be the best, but they'll fuck it. If they, if they give up six, they'll score seven. You know, like, they're fucking, they're good. Um, against the Hurricanes on Thursday night, uh, they fu- they beat us 4-0, you know, 50-odd shots. Uh, they actually, we only held them to two shots in uh, in the third period, and one of them was an empty netter. Um, so, you know, <laughs> uh, Jake Allen had a phenomenal game against the the Hurricanes there. And that's another one of the, kind of the, you know, points from this week is, like, Jake Allen is a very good goalie. Like, he's... Without him, we're getting slapped fucking eight or nine nothing these games. Like he is really, really good. You need um, exa- exactly. Yeah, when you're a team uh, that's on the lower end of things, you need a guy who like yeah, because you know the first four go in, and then how's the rest of the game gonna go? You yeah. know. So anyway. Yeah, and then uh, last night in Tampa, uh, again go down a couple goals. I think we're down three one. Big comeback, goals from Cole Caulfield, Jesse Alonin got a fucking great goal, Anderson and Schoenman got goals, uh, and we take the defending back-to-back cup champions to a shootout where Suzuki scores the uh, the winner. And Nick Suzuki's elite, by the way, I don't care. He's elite. He's elite. He's so fucking good. If he's elite, then so is William Nylander. Yeah. I if you if you if you ask like, oh, is William Nylander elite? I'd be like, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. All right. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't argue that. If. <laughs> like, if that's so are they your... top fifty guys in the NHL, then 
And again, this this isn't like a, a, a thing against them. It's because, okay, like if you're going top 50 players in the NHL, that also includes defensemen and goalies. There's probably at least like 10 to 12 defensemen that get into that list. Like, on, like could honestly put point, like be in that list. You know, there's a couple of goalies that could be in there. So that's what, like, again, my thing with Willie Nylander, this is, that goes back to, like, what, episode, like, three? Yes. <laughs> um, it's not that he's not, a, like, you know, a top 50 player in the league. It's because that there's a, fucking, there's 50 really fucking good players in the league. Being, you know, top 60 or, you know, 65, like, isn't a, isn't a disrespect to him. It's because there's also a lot of really good players in the league. So where do you put Nick Suzuki on that list? Like, if... <sighs> Like, again, he'd probably be in that Nylander spot of, like, 60 to 65. But, again, not because he's not good, but because there's just a lot of good players in the league. See, I would... And... I would put them both top 50, to be honest with you. I would have both of them probably in that 40 to 50 range, but... Yeah, and that's kind of, like, that 40 to 60, where if you're, like, if you're the 55th best player, you know what I mean? Like, it's not... Yeah, That's kind of what I'm... Yeah. That's kind of like how I feel with Nylander and Suzuki is like they're kind of on that point where like you could argue and have them in in like the 40s, 40 to 50. But like all, I f- just feel like there's so many, so many good players that like 50 to 60 is probably just a little safer of a shout is what yeah. I'll say. Yeah. OK. Anyway, yeah. continue. Oh, yeah. And then um, we had a couple more guys signing their ELCs this week. Uh, Josh Roy, who is absolutely destroying the fucking... Uh, like scoring race in the queue like he's just fucking running away with it uh he's sitting on 97 points in 52 games <laughs> it's kind of good yeah it's all right um so i'm hoping uh that actually when he when his season's done uh hopefully we can get him uh for the laval playoff push cool. yeah speaking of uh Debuts this week. Nick Abruzzese made his. Uh, oh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get last night. You gotta say with the Abruzzese. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Abruzzese. He uh, he made made his NHL debut last night. The Harvard product. Uh, limited minutes playing on the fourth line, but um, yeah, I I didn't hate his game. I I did. It, there wasn't really much to judge, right? He ba- he barely played, but yeah. it, that is that's that's, that's the reality of that situation. Yeah. Well, that's the reality of the situation that we're in. Yes, there, we have three lines that are absolutely spectacular, right? Like the second line's been meh. They're starting to heat up again, though. John Tobias. Uh, I was like, can, can I? Can, did they shake it up, or what happened this week? Okay, so it was kind of an interesting, uh, like game to game. It was weird. So obviously, the Matthews Marner Bunting line stayed in mostly intact throughout the week, but. Last night, they were broken up, and it's because, like I said, for the, through the first two periods, the team was just not playing well. So there were different, like, really, really different lineups tried. It, there was a matthews mikheyev bunting line tried out with Tavares going with uh, Marner and Kerfoot. So that was an interesting one. Then there was also a Neiler Kerfoot on, bunting. Neiler would have been on three at that point, On then? three, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, but then, and that's how we started the game. Nylander on three with uh, Kampf and Engvall. And, um, but yeah, then Engvall even played a shift with Matthews and, uh, Bunting. Like it was, it, it was strange. And I think it was just Sheldon Keefe waking the team up because they yeah, were not trying to get something well. going. Yeah. But a healthy lineup going into the playoffs is like very formidable. I, I, I would be, I, if, if I have the Leafs, Leafs in the first round, I'd be shitting my pants because, so you got obviously the best line in hockey, Marner, Matthews, Bunting. Tavares and Nylander are clicking again. And Mikheyev seems to be scoring every other game. A shorthanded right. goal every other game. <laughs> oh, him, so him or Engvall shorthanded. Yeah. And then the, the, the third line is, is going to look a little bit. It's, it's Kerfoot, Kampf, and Kasha. That's a pretty formidable third line. Kampf is probably our best. No, no nicknames for that line, eh? No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> not going to go there. Uh, but, uh, man, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a line that you can put out in every single situation and be happy. Like, they take all the defensive draws. Uh, so that know. reminds me a lot of the Habs third line in the playoff uh, run, where it was Kotkaniemi, 
Armia and Byron. Yeah, just you don't want to play against them. Yeah. You just like David Camp's stick is a nightmare for opponents. Like he, he just it seems to get in every lane. He, he pokes every puck off ever. He's just deadly. And then if we're looking at the fourth line, you have any mix of Nick Robertson, Jason Spezza. You can add Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons in there if you need to get heavy. Yep. Potentially Nick. So we got Abrazzese. Potentially when he signs Matty Nyes, and he can even go up on the second line, and then you bring Mikheyev back to that fourth line. Deadly. Deadly. I. That's a solid forward group moving in here. Um, I, I, find it, I find it hard to argue that. Too. Angvall Angvall can mix in there. And then let's let's talk defense. Riley Brody, Gio and Lilgren have been like I I can't even describe to you how good they've been. Like we're talking a late Calder push here from Timothy Lilgren. Like, I'm not kidding. Like I'm being dead serious. I I know you are, but like no. We're talking a late Calder push from Timothy Lilgren. Because Moritz Sider exists. No, I know. I, I know, but we're, I'm not talking he's going to win. I'm talking like he's pushing himself into top five consideration here. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. I'll allow that. Okay, so now you so now you have any mix of Hole, Muzzin, Labushkin, Sandine for your bottom pairing. What, what would you want? Formidable. You're, if you're, you're Sheldon Keefe, what's your bottom pair? Muzzin, Labushkin, every time. Muzzin Labushkin, because you just go out there and bang bodies, boys. That's all I need you to do. That's all I need you to do. And hey, maybe Lilgren slips, and then you go whole Muzzin on the third pairing, Giordano with Labushkin. Like, there's so many options here. If Jack Campbell can play good hockey, I like our chances right now. I really, really like our chances against anyone of Florida, Tampa, or Boston. Give me any of them. I don't care. Honestly, at this point, I think we take them. I think we take them. I really do. I really, I can't, really. I can't wait to clip that up when you guys lose in the first round. It's not gonna happen this year. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. I, I have faith. I, I, this is the. It, say whatever the hell you want about Kyle Dubas and the team that he's constructed. I am twenty three, turning twenty four in May. This is by far the most talented, most fun to watch, most complete, top to bottom Toronto Maple Leafs team I've ever seen, ever. And uh, it's exciting. And I, yeah, I have faith. I, I have all the faith in the world in these guys. I really do. Anyway. Anyway. That's, <laughs> that's, all, that's what I have to say. All right. Um, so do you want to go a little around the league right now then? Yeah, sure. Let's hit it up. So I want to go Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel probably shouldn't have been in the NHL for the past three seasons. So he can be just happy that he made it this far. Yeah, so the Iron Man streak. I'm I'm a little upset they didn't let him get a thousand. They're doing nothing this year. Fucking scratch somebody else for eleven games. You know what I mean? Let the dude hit a thousand. You suck anyways. Like, what's the difference? But this is what this is this is what I love, right? Now we're doing now because the conversation now shifts to Phil Castle, right? Yes. We can agree on that. So, so uh, just the numbers here. Yandel's streak ends at 989 consecutive games. Phil Castle is currently at 968. Okay, so uh, not this season, but next season, Phil Castle will uh, surpass Keith Yandel for the Iron well, Man streak. Oh, well, the question is, will he? Does he Why stay? wouldn't he? Well, I guess it's, if he stays healthy, you know, injuries, things ah, like that. If he stays healthy he's... for 960-something games, he'll stay healthy for another for, yeah, he'll stay healthy for another 30, 40 games. I, and the thing is, Phil Kessel actually deserves to play in the National Hockey League still. Like, that's like that's the thing. Phil Kessel is still a good hockey player, right? Yeah. And, yeah, dietitians around the world are oh, yeah. on an absolute <laughs> loss for words trying to figure yeah. out how <laughs> Phil Kessel is still playing hockey in the NHL at a high level. Like all the all the trainers and fucking therapists and all like the fucking all the gym rats, everyone's fucking. Phil Kessel doesn't need any of them. All he needs is a guy with a hot dog stand. That's all he needs. <laughs> that's his doctor, baby. That's that's it. Uh, 
And do you know what? Something that doesn't get talked about. How freaking cool is it that hopefully, knock on wood, I guess, but when Phil Kessel passes Keith Yandel for this lead, lead for this yep. record, sorry, it will be a guy who battled and beat cancer. I like forgot about that. Yeah. Who is now going to potentially hold the record for longest Ironman streak in the NHL. That is so cool. That's awesome. That's like actually fucking sick. I, I honestly completely forgot about that. Cause I just think Phil Kessel, I just think hot dogs and Stanley cups. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> this is a guy who beat cancer. Yeah. Like that's like fucked up, like in a good way, like good way fucked up. Yeah. That's crazy that he's been able to play in the league for this. Lo- and again, he does it like not only he's not only playing in the NHL because Arizona exists. Like yeah. JB was like Phil like Kessel. He could, he could actually play, go play for a lot still, of teams. He could, he'd play for 32 teams in the NHL right now. Yeah. He would. Yeah. Would you not take Phil Kessel over somebody on your bottom bottom line? I'd swap him for Mike Hoffman. That's what I mean. Even Mike Hoffman. Like I'd swap him for Jason Spezza. Sorry, <laughs> Spets. Love you, buddy. Yeah. But like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Phil Kessel deserves to play every night in the NHL. Keith Yandel did not. Yeah. Keith Yandel should have been out of the league three years ago. But the thing is, like, the way I look at it, he was, he was rotting and fucking... He was in Arizona, was he not? I believe Yandel? Keith Yandel was in Arizona, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if he wants to go... If he wants to rot there and get his Ironman streak, great. Like I said, I'm just a little salty they didn't let him hit 1,000. They're doing nothing. They For 11 more games, like, what's the fucking... Because you know it's I mean? down the stretch. You, you you know exactly what's going on right now, right? Like Montreal, you guys have yeah, no, kids I, I, coming I, in and playing. Yes, There's I, kids I, coming I, into every team right now and playing that just finished their college season, right? No, and Free I, agents, I, I, I get draft that. picks. I get that. But you're telling me that your other five defensemen, like you, you, couldn't, you couldn't scratch. There was nobody else playing fucking dog shit that you could scratch for 11 games. You know well, I mean? I'm going to tell you a secret. We were the ones who played them in that game. And yes, I know. all five looked like they deserved to be scratched. Yes. And, and that, that's my point. That's my yeah. point. Yeah, it's I like, know. they're going to be so dog shit anyways. Why not let him hit a thousand? Like, Ivan Provorov had a game. That was it. Everybody else looked basically useless. Did you see Mitch Marner's goal? Uh, I did, No, yes. Mitch Marner's assist. It was Austin oh, Matthews' goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? What are like, they doing? Like, and that 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 is exactly my point. It's like if they're gonna do that, why not let Keith Keith Yandel do that and hit a thousand games? You know what I mean? I I see what you're saying, but I I am of the belief that that record it only means something if you deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. He should have he shouldn't have been in the league this to this point, right? Like that's that. No, no, I get it. I get it. You don't want to give it to him just to give it to him. Like I said, Phil Kessel when he hits a thousand, that's gonna be cool as hell because he deserves it, right? Like, Keith Yandel's not a good hockey player anymore. He used to be, but he's, like, a very, very bottom-tier defenseman in the National Hockey League now. So, no, fuck him. He doesn't deserve it, to be honest I got, I got one more uh, one more fill-in-the-blank here. The next player, not named Trevor Zegras, to score Michigan in the NHL will be blank. AM34, Austin Matthews. He tries it. He's tried it like five or six times this year. Has he actually? Yeah, and he has not succeeded yet. But you know he knows how to do it because he keeps trying it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's an easy thing to pull off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I think there was even a couple, like, I don't think we even scored. Or maybe we did score on one where he faked a Michigan and made a pass out. And, yeah. and we scored. He's done that a few times, I think, this year. I think we scored on one of them. Anyway. Continue. So it's it's funny the the first kind of name that came to my head was actually Mitch Marner. Just I don't I don't know why. Like when I was thinking about that, I'm like yeah, like Mitch. Like he, he feels like he's he's skilled enough to do it, and he's got that little bit of like swagger to do it if he's in a good run of form. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that that's not something that you know any old guy can do, right? Like yeah. You want to talk about you want to talk about form? Mitch Marner is playing the best hockey of his career right now, and it's yeah, not so even isn't getting he on like twenty something points in his last like ten games or something in, stupid like in that. In his last eight games, he's got five goals, twelve assists for seventeen points. Yeah, in eight games. I forget the number of points it was, but he just set a record for the most points in a thirty-three game span in Toronto Maple Leafs history. It's like fifty-eight or something like that. Like it's outrageous. He's just he's so dialed in, man. He is so dialed in. Like that play that he made last night, like. How many times did he freeze Carter Hart? 
like that honestly like that looked like something i do when i play nhl like the video game yeah and where you sit there and like fake and fake and fake and fake and dish and score Uh, just i wish i had that much patience with anything with people (laughs) like i don't have that much patience with anybody anything at all like to, to like, not even with me, you have that kind of patience. <laughs> no, and uh, the thing that makes him so great, and this is why he kind of stumbles in the playoffs, and I've said this before, is Mitch Marner's greatest asset. Because, like, I even put it in our group chat earlier today. He's not really that fast. He's got, like, a slightly above average NHL shot. He's not a big guy at all. He's, like, 5'11", 180, 190, maybe. He's so smart and intelligent, and he just... Like, when there's no space, Mitch Marner has all of the space. I don't know how he does it. I Nobody else in the league, like, I, I watch hockey every day, every fucking day. I've never seen a guy who just makes space. He just creates it. I don't, it's ridiculous. He And it obviously not only benefits him, but, man, his line mates love it. Like, because. I mean, if, if Bunting could score a fucking goal sometime in the next, like, year, that would be nice for me. But, you know. Yeah, sorry about that. He's just been he's been dialing up the apples lately. I know, and it's really fucking like the Leafs keep putting up like seven spots, and I'm like bunting goal, bunting goal, bunting goal, nothing. No, nope. like honestly, if he gets seven points in a the game, they're all assists now. Like that's the way it's going to be for the yeah, rest. Yeah, he season. actually, I, I believe he's in the league lead for rookie points as of uh, right now. Give me one minute, and I will pull that up for you. I believe he picked up an apple to pass Lucas Raymond. If I am not mistaking. You are correct. He is on 53 points. Raymond is on 52. Zegers is on 50. Sider's on 44. My boy Cole Caulfield. And, oh, Andrew M. Pitlick is, yeah, quietly in there as well. 34 and 32 points, respectively. Jesus, Moritz, Ryan, Moritz Sider has 39 assists this year. <laughs> He's so good. He is so good. Like, I feel like we just, we do this every episode that we just... This is like we, we end up talking about bunting, and then we just go, oh, by the way, cider's so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll refrain. That was the last uh, fill-in-the-blank you had for the week, eh? Uh, that was, yes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what are the Habs got coming up? So, we've got the Senators on Tuesday night, the Devils on Thursday, and then for the last time this season, the Maple Leafs on a Saturday night. So, we'll see you on Saturday, then? Probably. Okay. Um... So we have a southern road trip coming up. Um, the big Florida road trip. It's not all sunshine and rainbows anymore, is it? Uh, it's not sunshine in the sunshine state, no. No. So Tampa tomorrow. Uh, and then back to... Oh, my God. We pay Florida on the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah. That hurts. That hurts, man. That's like, I don't want to say season-defining, but like, you want to measure up against the best teams in the league, that's the way to do it. I'm going to I'm I'm gonna tell you this right now. If the Leafs win against Tampa and Florida back-to-back, you're not going to hear the end of it next Sunday. That will hey, be... Hey, 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 we beat Tampa. We beat Tampa. So Yeah, relax. I know. And I, lo- I didn't lose any money, but I almost made a bunch of... If I would have bet... Okay. Just so the listeners know, I almost made a bet. I almost put 15 bucks on the Leafs to win yesterday, the, which they did. The Kings to win yesterday, which they did. And the big kicker here, the Habs to beat Tampa, which they did. And I asked Catano, should I make this bet? 15 I, bucks. Said, I said no. He said absolutely not. That's a horrible bet. Hey, hey, I oh, did man, that with you. I did that with your best interests in mind, Dave. Like that, you know. I I made that I made that decision to tell you no with love, just that just so there. you know. I'm not I'm I'm literally sitting there watching the game like the have the end of the Habs game with Mikhail and I'm like if they win I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to God. oh my God yeah so yeah, yeah I'll sure I'll make up for it I'll I'll, I'll 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 bring some pizza on Saturday night we'll make up for it. Hundred fifty bucks just. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like you had the 150 bucks that was gone. You never had it. It was my grasp! <laughs> Anyways, 
so is that it for the Leafs then? You get the big back-to-back and then the uh, Habs-Leafs Saturday? Uh, no, there is one game in between. While we're down south, we will be making a trip to uh, the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. Right. Playing the Stars at uh, 8.30 on Thursday. So, that um, that's an interesting road trip. Probably good for the team to get out uh, on a little bit of a road trip here before they're on the lead up to the playoffs because it's going to be a grueling stretch here. Like I said, if we can pull off a back-to-back wins, back-to-back wins against the Lightning and the Panthers, that would be. Well, I think if you take if you take if you take two points in that, whether it's you know a win and a loss or you know even two overtime losses, you know what I mean, like getting two points out of those four would be big. Yeah, it would. It would be huge. But yeah, that's what's coming up. And yeah, like you said, the Habs in town in Toronto on Saturday, April the 9th should be a doozy of a hockey game because the Leafs are going to need the points out of that one, man. I'll tell you that. I mean, are you gonna, we got to do a prediction then, right? Oh, like score so I, and everything? I'm, I'm going to go 5-3 Habs win. I'm going to go 6-1 Leafs win because they're going to be absolutely devastated. They're, they're going to be pissed that they lost the two points to them on the 26th of March. And they're going to be like, we're not doing that again. We're going to go and we're going to score six goals in the first period. No. 5-3. Yeah. Cole Caulfield's got two. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with that one. So in a 6-1 W, I'm going to say Austin Matthews has a couple because he literally scores every game. Uh, guy's got 46 goals in his last 44 games. 51 on the year or 52? 51 on the season. He's on pace for 63, and I believe it is 73 games. <laughs> that's crazy. That's all, right. that's all right. You know, that's, that's all right. crazy. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I'll go Matthews with two, Tavares with one, Mikheyev with one. Mark Giordano with one. And Pierre Engvall. All right. I'm going to go, yeah, because I said 5-3, so I'm going to do Caulfield's got two. Suzuki's going to put up one. Uh, Rem Pitlick's going to put up one. And... I'll give you, I'll, I'll throw you a softball here. Josh Anderson scores every time you guys play us. Yeah, I like. I was, I was debating between him or, like, a defenseman. I'm like, yeah, it's got to be Josh Anderson. No, you got to throw it. It's, he scores every time. He turns it up. I don't know what it is. He literally goes from Jay Beagle to Austin Matthews. I mean, like, no, but. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. So, yeah, that's uh, that's about all we got for you this week. Uh, trying to keep it a little bit shorter. Looks like we're there. Because uh, we've been going a little bit overboard. Yeah. But, you know, lots to talk about. Yep. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 53. Uh, We hope you enjoyed, and we will talk to you next week.